Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. If you have good EQ, you know that you have to stay calm under fire, understanding ahead of time what is going to tip you off. Then when you have that happen, you've already thought about it, so you know that your rational brain is going to stay engaged in the conversation and you're going to be able to do that regulation. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor. And I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together. And we're glad you've joined us. Good evening, Dr. Linda. Good evening. Wait, no, it's morning. <laughs> it's like I, a, another cup of coffee for you. I don't even know what time of day it is <laughs> anymore. You've had a rough week, it, I know. It, it's been one of those weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But I understand you have a little quiz for us to begin the show. I do. I'm going to test your EQ. My EQ? If that has anything to do with IQ, I'm not taking the quiz. <laughs> well, it's not exactly IQ. If this is your EQ, Chris, your hmm. emotional intelligence, ah. or the Q stands for emotional quotient, like IQ does. So it's, that's a playoff on Got that. Got it, right. It sounds as equally daunting. And uh, <laughs> So what is EQ? Because we hear a lot about emotionally intelligent people. Do they really exist? And if so, who are they? Where are they? How can we find them? <laughs> well, emotional intelligence, I'll give you a little definition here, is the ability to be aware of your own feelings and the feelings of other people as well. Mm -hmm. It allows you to understand your feelings and then use that understanding as a guide for making good decisions and a guide for your actions. So like regular intelligence, uh, you are intelligent about your emotional life. Is that the idea? That's it. And this type of intelligence involves self-management, mm -hmm. self-awareness, empathy, understanding people culturally, a lot of things like that. So how does that sound? Does that give you that definition? Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, let's start this emotionally intelligent quiz. All right, here we go. When your partner does something that bothers you, do you think... There must be a good reason for this. I'm sure we can work it out. I try to think that way. Okay. Yes. That's good. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's the second question. Are you free to express your dreams, values, and viewpoints? Depends on her mood. <laughs> okay. I don't think there's a qualifier in that one. Uh, okay. All right. Third question. Do you manage your emotions during conflict and try to understand what is happening? Y yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. When distressed, number four, when distressed, are you able to talk about your fears and worries? Okay. <laughs> wait, well, wait. he won't answer that are, one. Are all you right? asking me the No, these no. Questions? You don't have to answer all these, oh, but it's okay. been Good. interesting that you choose to <laughs> so that all of America can hear your answers right, here. Yeah. All right. Number five, can you calm yourself down when you feel defensive and believe your partner may feel attacked too? No. Okay. <laughs> okay number six, when an argument is repeated, do you think about what the bigger issue might be? And number seven, no matter how distressed or conflicted you are, do you remain connected with your partner? No, I get mad and walk out. Okay, there you go. And number eight, do you regularly tell your partner how much he or she is appreciated? Number nine, do you show ongoing interest in what your partner says? What did you say? <laughs> your radio partner in this case, right? <laughs> and then number 10, do you both have common goals, dreams, and hopes? So if you answered every question yes... Mm -hmm. You get an A for emotional intelligence. 
You understand your spouse. You're in tune with their inner world. Well, then what if you answered no to several questions? And you were answering to some of those, and you did have a few no's in there. I I didn't know I was supposed to keep it to myself. (laughs) I know. Well, the good news is, here's the good news. You have some work to do, that means. Sounds like it, yes. (laughs) To raise your emotional intelligence. You know, you can work on that. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that you can do that. People can have a better emotional intelligence. Right. Well, before we get into how I can do that... What do we look for in another person to know if they are intelligent? Are there signs? There are signs. That's actually a really good question. So the first sign I would look for is, does that person have regulated emotions? Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about here is they don't lose control. You know, they don't keep feeling stuffed up inside. You know, it's clear that they're having feelings, but they're regulating them as they go. So no temper tantrums, no over-the-top outbursts, no meltdowns, no emotional hiding. Emotional hiding is a big one. It means no uh, silent treatment. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to regulate it, which means don't keep it inside. What about the person who is not run by their feelings? Again, that's really an important sign of emotional intelligence because we all feel stuff. We feel things deeply sometimes. And Mm -hmm. we're seeing this actually a lot in our culture where people are just reacting to their feelings, and they're not Mm -hmm. really thinking through problems. So too many people use their emotions and attempt to reason and make decisions. Emotional reasoning means you're really being ruled by feeling, not thought. And here's the thing. Emotions aren't really reliable for Mm -hmm. making decisions. You know, we live in a world where you can voice your opinion with your phone immediately, and I think it causes people to act impulsively. And that's a sign that you want to look for. Instead, the person takes time to think through an action and its consequences. So you're right. They're not just posting their first thought on Mm -hmm. Twitter or any other social media platform. It's the idea here is to think before you act. And emotionally intelligent people don't send you an angry text or they don't (laughs) lash out on an email when they're upset. They pause, they Mm -hmm. think, and then they act. And the person listens to constructive feedback. That's another good sign because everybody needs feedback. The Mm -hmm. question is, do you take it without getting defensive? So we all want to use feedback to grow if we're emotionally intelligent. We want to reflect on our actions and say, well, how can I do that better? The person is able to say sorry, and they are ready to forgive. Emotionally intelligent people are aware of the problems. They know that they're sometimes not making the best decisions. And when they make mistakes and they don't do it right, they are able to apologize. And if they do try to apologize, they also offer forgiveness to other people, and they try to bring reconciliation. So I think it's very important to understand, and it goes with the scripture, that you don't hold on to hurts and you don't hold on to resentment. And that's a sign of emotional intelligence as well. Here's a phrase that I used just this week because I was in a conversation with a guy who had no clue who he was talking to. It was really awkward. Uh, He didn't read the room, and someone needs to to know how to do that. Yeah, that's a sign of emotional intelligence, when you can actually figure out what's going on around you in a reality way, right? Mm -hmm. You see that when you can tell when people are being manipulative or they're not being authentic, uh, you can tell when you're being played, and you can tell when you can't trust somebody and what to avoid, but you can also see the good things as well. Mm -hmm. And the person is also interested in the needs of others and in serving. If you're in a relationship that is always about you, That's not going to be so good in terms of emotional intelligence. Uh You have to be able to read the partner, right, to be able to know what's going on with them. Rather than always having the attention on you, it's very important not to just be self-centered in everything that you do. We call that a self-absorbed person. Uh And they don't make good relationship partners because they're not, again, in tune with what's going on with the other person. 
So a good question to always look at when you're looking at someone as a potential partner is to say, are they interested in my emotions and my feelings, but are are they also looking to help other people? And if they are, that usually has something to do with empathy as well, which is another one of those signs. Well, Dr. Linda, speaking of reading the room, I can tell it's time to take a break here Okay. in the studio. Are you noticing that I'm getting a little fatigued or I need a cup of coffee or what? You need a break. (laughs) Okay. You need a break. (laughs) Today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show, we are talking about people who are emotionally intelligent. And when we come back, we will discuss the idea of, is there much emotional intelligence in our culture today? More after the break. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we are talking about emotionally intelligent people. Before we continue that important conversation, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you can find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. Her latest book, Living Beyond Pain, is so helpful to anyone struggling with chronic pain. And then remember, you can listen to today's show again or share it with someone by sending them to iTunes and they can listen to the podcast. Well, in terms of relationships, I can imagine that emotional intelligence helps you know what pushes your own buttons. If you have good EQ, you know that you have to stay calm under fire, right? We've been talking about that. That's really important, regulating your emotions Mm -hmm. and trying to work through differences with other people. So it is understanding ahead of time what is going to tip you off, what's going to trigger you, what's going to cue you in a problem. And when you have that happen, you've already thought about it and you've practiced regulating your emotions. Mm -hmm. So you know that your rational brain is going to stay engaged in the conversation and you're going to be able to do that regulation. Just think if every person that you addressed, Chris, could do that, that there's a problem, you know they're going to stay calm, they're not going to get defensive, they're going to stay with you, and they're going to actually have the conversation. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, it, It doesn't seem like there are a lot of rational people right now. And again, I blame social media. There's a lot more emotional brain taking the lead. Yeah, but you know what? People have to write on that social media. Mm-hmm. It's just a platform for people to express. But yeah. you're right. It's just gotten out of control. This is a big factor uh, when we're talking about what's happening in higher education and a lot of places. It's really about all this emotional reasoning that people are doing. And here's the problem, Chris. You can't always trust your feelings. Mm. So we need to be very concerned about what we're seeing. Does emotional intelligence help relationships in, in other ways? It's really important to develop because it keeps a relationship optimistic. Now, you, you wouldn't think that. You would say, well, how, how does being more emotionally intelligent help with optimism? But you think about it. When you're optimistic, you're up, you're trying to work with somebody, you're really not driven by fear. The biggest thing is when you're emotionally intelligent is that your partner knows that you're really tracking with them, Mm -hmm. that you really are validating, you're affirming what they think and they feel because you're not threatened by it in any way. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want someone who's in step with who they are as a person and who doesn't want someone who's responsive to their needs? You know, by understanding your emotions and how to control them, you're also better able to express how you feel and understand how others are feeling. And that allows you, obviously, to communicate better in your relationship, which leads to a stronger bond between two people. 
I can see this in a personal relationship setting and an emotional setting, but how does it apply to our physical health? Well, there's a lot of evidence that shows if you're not able to manage your emotions, you're probably not managing your stress because mm. people that don't manage their emotions get really worked up over things. And this can lead to serious health problems. You know, uncontrolled stress raises blood pressure, suppresses your immune system, increases the risk of heart attack and strokes. It even contributes to infertility and it speeds up the aging process. So there's a lot of ways that stress that's not regulated mm -hmm. can really do damage to the physical body. Okay, this is hitting home because there are a lot of implications here. So you say that you can increase your emotional intelligence. Let's talk about ways to do that. One of the best skills that you can work on is to become more empathetic. Mm -hmm. And again, I think we would both agree there needs to be a little bit more empathy in our culture for the way other people are feeling. We're so intolerant of mm. anybody who's different without understanding them. So empathy from others can be practiced, it can be learned. Remember we did a show on that? We talked about how you can become more empathetic. Yeah, it's a skill. Yeah, pull yeah. up that podcast and listen to it if you need some help with that. You know, when you try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, uh, this is a relationship skill that will serve you well. It, you know, it goes back to what we were saying. You want to be understood, you mm -hmm. want to be heard, and when you're empathetic, it also broadens your view of the world. It helps you understand that not everybody thinks the same way, feels the same way. It builds a heart of compassion in people because you can understand what their concerns are and you can pick up on their emotional cues. And it just helps any group and any organization do better. And then there's self-management. What about that? It's really one of the keys of emotional intelligence. You have to be able to control your feelings. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, it's also a scriptural thing to be mm -hmm. able to control your feelings. And this one can be sort of uncomfortable. Build your self-awareness. How do you understand how you react to other mm -hmm. people? Do you ever think about that? Do you think, wow, I really reacted harshly to that person or I had a really intense reaction for that moment? You know, whenever you have stress, you should be thinking about how am I reacting? Why am I reacting? And do I need to change my reaction to that and be a little bit more self-managed in that process? And this is all about learning your strengths, your weaknesses, so that you can move a little bit more confidently in the way that you deal with other people. Mm -hmm. I would say surround yourself with people who will give you feedback on your behavior. I have a couple of friends in my life. I don't know if you do, Chris, but I have a couple of people who will call me on my reactions and say, you know, we were in that meeting. Mm -hmm. You were really pretty harsh on that person or you were really reactive to what the person was saying. And these should be people that you trust, you know, because they love you, they care about you, or they're your friend. And that's going to help you grow if you listen to them without becoming defensive. So just stop, think about how you react, and then decide if it was the way you want to be. If not, work on responding differently. Right. You know, Albert Einstein once said, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. I think it's interesting that he didn't feel like he had any special talents. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but what about being curious? Well, both Norm and I have been in higher education for years, and we always say we want students who are curious about mm -hmm. the world. Uh, when I'm teaching medical students, I just put this in their head all the time. You have to be curious. You have to ask about symptoms. You have to ask why that's happening. Why is it happening now? All these questions about being curious because it helps you better understand somebody. Mm -hmm. it, and it forces you to start not only looking at, you know, that this is more complex than maybe I think, but right. sometimes it helps you understand that there's a lot of ambiguity in things and it motivates you to learn more. 
I have found people who think they know everything and have a grasp of everything are, yeah. are actually boring people to be around. <laughs> okay. Don't be Chris's friend if that, that's your That's right. Thing. If, you, if you know everything, don't, don't come by. That's right. What about analyzing the situation and not accepting things at face value? And, and that's related to the curiosity. That's really understanding that things are much more complex than just some black and white solution. And be passionate. I like that. Uh, passionate people are, they draw other people to them. And when you go through difficult times, it's great to have somebody who's passionate with you to say, mm. we can do this. Come on, stay hopeful, be optimistic. We're going to get there. And then don't be such a stiff, be flexible and adaptable. Yeah. Emotionally intelligent people, like we've talked about, can really read the room, but mm -hmm. then they adapt to the situation. So when something isn't working, they can pivot, they can change directions. And this is really a life skill that will help you deal with curveballs that get thrown your way. Mm -hmm. You know, an obstacle may present, but when you can pivot and go another direction, you can get to where you're going and you can keep moving forward. I think when it comes to reading a room, that's probably one of my favorite ones that we've discussed today. Because there's a saying that says, keep your mouth closed and make people wonder if you're crazy. Open your mouth and prove it. <laughs> okay. All so right. sometimes it's best just to keep it to yourself. <laughs> but these are great ways to, to build your emotional intelligence. And when we come back, how does emotional intelligence fit with the fruit of the spirit? We have a guest coming up, so stay with us. Did you know you have a conflict style? Everybody does. Are you a conflict avoider? Maybe you don't avoid, but instead react intensely. Or perhaps you are a great negotiator. Dr. Linda Mento offers a free conflict quiz when you visit her website, www.drlindahelps.com. Click on the picture of her latest book, We Need to Talk. Then have a friend or your partner take the quiz, too, and see if you can navigate conflict successfully. You're listening to The Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and that's where you can find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes as well. Well, Dr. Linda, in the uh, previous segment, we mentioned that we have a guest coming in today on the program. That's right. Very special guest. That's right. We are inviting Dr. Norm to join <laughs> yeah. the conversation. <laughs> he's usually back in the control room uh, producing the program, but now he's in the studio right That's here That's right. He's going to join us. Right. Dr. Norm, you broke the secret that emotional intelligence isn't really all that new, right? Because in your True North Leaders blog entitled, Wait, Who Knew Emotional Intelligence Was Really Prescribed 2,000 Years Ago?, you wrote on the relationship between the biblical fruit of the Spirit and emotional intelligence. So uh, what inspired you to, to find those connections? Well, I figured you guys were talking about this trendy thing, you know, this emotional intelligence. In some ways, it really is kind of trendy. I mean, and it's very important. And I know Linda and I have both been trained by a particular group and how mm -hmm. to become more emotionally intelligent ourselves and we're how to certified. train people. We're certified, certified to help emotional you, Chris. Wait, intelligent what? coaches. Yeah, yeah. We so, are. So the two of you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, we actually... And we're ganging up on you to <laughs> help you understand how woefully, woefully. <laughs> That's right. No, but as I was beginning to write my blog on leadership uh, that week, I realized in a discussion I'd had with a friend, he said, you know, the fruit of the Spirit kind of makes sense with this, don't mm -hmm. they? And I said, well, I don't know, do they? I, actually, it was a new thought for me. And when I began reading them from the fifth chapter of Galatians, I thought, uh, yeah, there is a real connection that 
God knew mm-hmm. how we were wired emotionally. Jesus talked about this. And then St. Paul wrote very specifically about, look, here are nine things that are evidences that the Holy Spirit lives in you. These are nine things, nine criteria, nine fruit. Mm -hmm. And I like the word evidences Mm -hmm. that the Spirit is actually active in us. So go through those nine and then tie it into emotional intelligence. Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit are, say them with me if you know them, and memorize them in Sunday school, (laughs) love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And good grief, let's think about it. If those were important back then in the Mm. first century, how much more do we as Christians need to be evidencing these today in our lives? And, you know, it's a, it's a great point, Norm, because as we try to witness to the world and we try to talk to other people about the love of Christ in our life, having a high EQ could really make a difference. Right. It would make a difference in the type of friends that we are. If we're more positive, we talked about that one of the consequences of a high EQ is that you're more positive, you're more optimistic. And I would imagine that this goes into being more productive as a leader and a worker. But, you know, I never thought of tying these two things together. Well, you're exactly right, because so many times Christians come off as rude or brusque or black and white and dogmatic. Those are not signs of a high EQ person. Or the fruit of the Spirit. Or the fruit of the Spirit. So start with the first one about self-awareness. What did you find with self-awareness in the Bible? Good. I like that. Another way to look at self-awareness would be internal inspection. I I tried to sound shrinky, Chris, did I? (laughs) (laughs) Internal inspection. That's right. Okay. It's actually very healthy for us to look into ourselves and gauge how well we're doing. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13.5, he said that, We should examine ourselves to see whether or not we're in the faith. Test yourselves. And so taking that as the prompt that we should actually be introspective, Mm -hmm. I think Paul is saying to all of us, do what a car mechanic does when you take your car in just for routine maintenance. You do a diagnostic, a test that says my engine's running properly. Well, in this case, how aware am I of my own emotional health, my spiritual health? The psalmist Mm -hmm. then adds on to this, and he prays, go back to that one, he says, search me, O God, know my heart today, test me, know my anxious thoughts. He's even talking about emotions, my anxious thoughts. He was keenly aware that he needed help. I really like that because sometimes Christians think, oh, self-awareness is just one of those new agey concepts that, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's like, you know, thinking on their navel and trying to meditate and all these kind of things that we hear. But this really is a biblical prescription. It is. And it's old. It is old. I don't remember the Apostle Paul making the, the car analogy in Scripture, but it's... It was a chariot analogy. <laughs> chariot analogy. <laughs> Check out your diagnostics right. on your chariot. How's your chariot today? That's right. Well, I think that brings us to... <laughs> that, that brings us to self-regulation. And uh, that's a, a, a interesting term. It's sort of akin to, uh, to self-diagnosis. But as I understand what Dr. Linda has said... The high EQ person manages their emotions and knows when and how to express them to others. Uh, Dr. Norm, what does the Bible say about that one? I'm pretty sure you, Chris, being the deep Bible scholar that you are, could think of at least 10 verses off the top of your head about self-control, which is another way to look at self-regulation, self-control. You know, Jesus' right-hand guy, Peter, he actually said, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith 
goodness Mm -hmm. and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness i mean he wrote out the whole formula for us and i think that's a great way to look at it and you know self-control isn't necessarily that much fun to do because self-introspection can can bring out some things you may not want to see in yourself but it's a biblical practice to do well, so. And I like because that scripture is giving you how this all one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. part of this is self-control. But then you have all these other effects from that because then you have to be persevering in your faith and you have to, you know, continue to exercise all these gifts and the fruit of the spirit that are there. Yeah. Think you, about this. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Did you just make that one up? Yes. <laughs> Wait, no, that's in Proverbs. Okay. In a, it's in a chapter 25, verse 28. <laughs> he always gets me when he says that so convincingly. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's not the message, it's the Chris verse. It's that's the way right, he yeah. does it, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. my favorite one is in Second Timothy, where it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and Self-control. Self-control. Yeah, you guys is. are good. I knew you were. The Bible. <laughs> we know a few verses. Uh, yeah, good for you. Good for you. The Bible's full of great advice. <laughs> the next one I looked at was social skills. And Linda discussed this earlier as being curious about other people and mm. concerned about other people. From a leadership perspective, I see this as developing strong relationships with the people you work with and the people who work with you. So working with the boss, working with right. the people who work with you. And I think there's a lot of leaders and bosses who feel like it's beneath them to invest in the people that Isn't that work the for truth? Them. Isn't mm-hmm. it? And it's horrible when you have a boss who doesn't seem to care yeah. a lick about right. you or about what you're doing. And of course, the fruit of the Spirit in this one is love and joy and goodness and faithfulness because that faithfulness one is the one that builds trust. So as we get kind of close to the end of the show here, say a little bit about empathy and what you found about that. Oh, this was probably the easiest one of all. The entire life of Jesus might be mm. summed up by that most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. for God so loved. Mm. The entire ministry of Jesus on earth could be entitled the compassion, not the passion, but the mm, compassion, because mm-hmm. that's what he was all about. That's what empathy is all about, caring for other people. Yeah, I like that, compassion, caring about how others feel. Boy, if we could just have some of that in our culture, it would really help. Okay, Dr. Norm, give us one more as we get ready to close down the program. Okay, here's my favorite. The EQ theory, guys, called this one intrinsic motivation. Or that just means what drives you from the inside, mm-hmm. not the outside motivators like fame or money or getting promoted, but what are the true motives of your heart? And the Bible's full of this, full of it. Christians are going to say, well, I love other people. That's my need or, or my drive, or I have joy of life. That's good. I even have peace with God. Those are really good. But here are the two things that I'm the most confident every morning when I get up. Number one, I know God has everything under control and his plan for my life is perfect. Jeremiah said it best, for I know the plans I have for you, Mm -hmm. says the Lord, plans for good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And then the second one proves that he can make his plans work out because Paul promised us, my God shall supply all, he didn't say some, all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Well, this is great stuff. We just got started with this. We probably should have had him here for the whole show. Right. Well, thinking. that would have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want to encourage you for more. You can read Norm's blog on his Facebook page, True North Leadership. So True North Leadership. Check out that page if you're a leader. It's not just about emotional intelligence, but he covers all type of topics from a biblical perspective on leadership. Thanks for joining us today on The Conversation, Norm. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm, who is also our special guest this time, and my engineer and co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.